But this is our new intro video. When I went like this. Do 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 do. of Together for Salem. We are in beautiful downtown Salem today and we are bringing this message to you from Cross Creek Community Church. If you're new, this could be your first time watching, maybe you've been watching for a while and you've never let us know that you're here, go ahead and do that on our welcome form. Uh, it's a really easy form to fill out, no strings attached. When you do that, we'll send you a free e-gift card just for saying hello and we say thank you to you. You can also request a Bible, ask for prayer, ask questions that have been bothering you and we'll get back to you on those, but it's just an easy way to say hi to us and we can say hello back. Um, but right now, you know yep. what we're gonna do? Yeah. New series. Excited. Faith That Works. And we're gonna pass it over to our friend John, well, your husband. Yeah. My friend, our lead pastor, and he's gonna talk about the book of James and Faith That Works. So take it away, John. On a scale of one to 10, how happy are you right now? Like not right this second, but in the last 10 days, the last month, how happy are you? It's not that easy to really be happy right now, is it? There's so much uh, division, uncertainty. We got an election coming up at the time of this filming. Um, there's constantly shifting uh, hysteria, people being mad about this thing today and that thing tomorrow, and you almost have to like get on social media to know what you need to be upset about today. And it's just draining, and it's so hard to be happy right now. It seems like the world is falling apart. And it's not just the stuff that's out there. It's even in our personal lives. It's, there's so much going on, even before COVID, it's always hard to find true, lasting happiness. And don't leave, but all of this hysteria and division and all that, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And so we're not even really, right now, a lot of us really aren't even thinking about long-term life and like making plans for 2021. We're not thinking about um, how we can enjoy life right now. We're just trying to get through. We're just trying to, to survive. See, when the world's falling apart, we prioritize surviving over thriving. When the world's falling apart, we tend to prioritize surviving over thriving. And it's true, life is not easy right now. It's hard to find peace. It's hard to find satisfaction. It's hard to find happiness. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, that's just the situation a lot of us are in. But I have good news for you. In fact, you might not believe this. This might not be what you were ever taught or told or what you ever thought of. But the truth is, God wants you to be happy. He does. God wants you to be happy. I know that's not what you expected or, or maybe what you've experienced, but Jesus promised his followers, promised his followers, a rich, satisfying, purposeful, abundant life. In fact, this is what Jesus said. He said, my purpose, like the reason I'm here, 
My purpose is to give them, his followers, to give them a rich and satisfying life. Another translation puts it this way. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. Another translation actually calls that and have it abundantly, have abundant life, like more good life than you can even think of. So how can we have that? I mean, it seems impossible right now, right? How can we have that full, abundant, satisfying, happy life in a world, in sometimes a life that feels like it's falling apart? It's kind of counterintuitive, right? Like, is that even possible to be happy when the world's falling apart? So give, give me a few minutes to explain this idea to you, because honestly, even if you are a little skeptical right now, who doesn't want to be happy? Why wouldn't we see if it's possible that maybe Jesus was right? He actually did come to give us a full, abundant, happy life. And so that's why we're doing this series. We're calling this series Faith That Works, How to Be Happy When the World Is Falling Apart. And it's going to be a, a five-part series, five episodes. And the answer we're going to explore in these five episodes is actually available to everyone. And we find this answer in what we call the Book of James. It's an ancient letter written um, probably around 45 AD. In fact, it's probably one of, if not the, earliest New Testament writings that we have uh, recorded for us. It was written by the leader of the first church in Jerusalem that we call James in in Hebrew, it was Jacob. And we first meet James, not in this letter, but we first meet James in the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life because he is one of Jesus' little brothers. And we see James in the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life not believing that Jesus is who he said he was, not believing that Jesus was the Messiah, not believing that Jesus was God. In fact, there's a scene where uh, Mary, Jesus' mom, and his bro- Jesus' brothers go and say, hey, Jesus, you need to come home because the stuff you're saying is crazy and it's probably going to get you killed. They were right on that account. But about 10 years later, after Jesus' death, we find James leading a group of Jesus followers, leading a group of followers of his big brother in Jerusalem, in like the, the capital of the Jewish nation. And we see in his writing here in the, in the book of James, describing his big brother as the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. If you have an older brother or any type of sibling or a cousin, describing them as the lo- glorious Lord, my brother's name is Dan, the glorious Lord, Dan Silva, <laughs> the promised one. If you know him, you probably wouldn't call him that. He's a great guy, but he's not the glorious promised Lord, Dan Silva. So what caused James to think his brother's crazy and then call him the glorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? The resurrection, right? He saw his brother alive. He saw his brother die. And then, as is recorded for us in the New Testament writings, he saw his brother alive. And it changed his entire life, changed everything like it probably would for you. And so what we're going to discover today in this episode, in these writings of James, is that a happy life is a dependent life. A happy life is a dependent life life. And you're probably like, that's stupid, right? Like who wants to be dependent? Like the idea of being an American is being independent, being on our own, being self-sufficient. That's pretty stupid, John. I know. Just hang on. We'll get there. And so here's kind of how James starts his letter. And really it's one of the most counterintuitive, maybe one of the craziest things written in the New Testament. Here's how he starts. 
James says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What? That's ridiculous. Like, you're sure, like, John, already you're saying a lot of dumb stuff. I know. Wait till you get to know me better. There'll be more. But think about it. Of any kind, consider it, like, consider it an opportunity for great joy when troubles of any kind come. So, like, when you lose your job, what an opportunity for joy. When there's sickness in your family or turmoil or, or death, James says, consider that an opportunity for great joy. That's a completely unnatural response to these horrible things, right? That's not how we work. Usually we try to avoid all pain at all costs. We try to avoid anything that's inconvenient or anything that makes us uncomfortable. Those are bad things. Yet James says, consider it something that can be good. Like we usually will say, hey, I'll, sure, I will be happy. I'll follow this happiness idea as long as you give me something to be happy about. But here's the thing. And if you think about it, I think you know this. The path to happiness is often illogical. The path to happiness is often illogical. It just doesn't always make sense. Often what we think will make us happy right now ends up doing the opposite. That purchase we thought would make us happy right now, in the long run, we're not happy about that. We're not happy about the debt. That uh, relationship that we really want right now, we get in it and we think it'll solve all our problems. And it doesn't. In fact, it might often create more problems. These experiences we wanted, these choices we wanted to make right now, often we end up regretting because what makes us happy now, what we think makes us happy now, actually won't make us ultimately happy. And what we think feels horrible now, the things we want to avoid now, actually end up making us happier in the long run, like saving our money, eating our vegetables, doing that terrible exercise, or learning how to do math. Things that are, feel horrible actually end up being good for us in the long run. That's kind of what James is talking about. He explains it a little bit more here. He says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Perfect and complete, needing nothing. Doesn't that sound good? Okay, so probably what you're saying, John, is it's this idea, right? I've, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger, right? That's kind of what James is saying. Kind of. But it's better than that. See, a few episodes we talked about this. Uh, events, things that happen to us in our lives, can either strengthen our faith or destroy our faith. What determines the outcome for us usually is our perspective and our response. And so what James is saying is that difficulties are opportunities to practice either fear or trust. Difficulties are opportunities to, either pra to practice either fear or trust. See, we can practice choosing to trust. Trust is a choice. Tr trust and faith, same thing. It's a choice. It's a choice to depend on God. See, we can say, God, this is hard. Do you love me? Like, it feels like you don't love me. It feels like you don't care about me. It feels like you've forgotten about me. Or maybe you're trying to punish me. It feels like you don't want me to be happy. But then we can choose to say, but here's what you've said. Here's what's recorded about what you've said about how you feel about humanity, how you feel about me. And if I look back, here's what you've done for me so far in my life. So I choose to trust. Everything that happens to us is an opportunity to choose to trust. See, we can't control events that happen. 
We can't control COVID. We can't control elections. We can't control family difficulties. But we can make a decision to view and respond to them as opportunities. To, to see and trust that our suffering, things we don't like that are happening to us, all of it is under the all-powerful control of a God who only wants what's best for us. It's not this passive, oh, well, I guess I have no control. I'll just, you know, let things happen to me. It's better than that. And it's not just, you know, positive thinking. If I just think positively about this situation, then things will get, no, it's better than that. See, it's a strong, active, even challenging response of putting into practice a trust, putting into practice a dependence on God. See, a happy life is a dependent life. We lean into those experiences and say, God, I know you love me. I know you want what's best for me. So what are you showing me right now? What are you growing inside of me right now? And when we do that, it will create endurance. In other words, or perseverance. Kind of like an athlete. I, it, you may not be able to tell, but I used to be in high school a football player. And there is a difference in the starters and the um, support team. See, the support team, when we would do the exercise and the weightlifting and the running and all of that, they were the complainers. They said, oh, how much more? Uh, uh, how much more do we have to do? The starters were the ones that trusted that the coach knew what he was doing, trusted that the coach's training was making us stronger. And so we would go through it. We would accept it. We would, in fact, lean into it. We would try to be the first ones to reach the end of the line when we would do those sprints. We'd be the ones who try to add more weight when we lift the weights. The difference was in what we chose to do. We allowed those things to grow us, to make us better. If you're a musician, you know it's not always fun to practice. You don't like it at first, but then you do it. If you've lost weight before, you know you don't like doing it, but then it makes you better. You go through it, it makes you better. You allow those experiences to grow you, or losing weight to shrink you. And a little side note, See, when you know the purpose of something, maybe you don't like what you're going through, but you know it has a purpose, it actually makes it more tolerable. Sometimes it even makes it fun because you, you see what the, the product will be through all of it. And so when this trust, when this dependence is fully developed, James says, we will be complete. We'll be perfect. We'll be in need of nothing. We'll be needing nothing. Meaning we'll be experiencing that full, abundant, satisfying life Jesus promised which that full perfect life, our perfection will not be reached until we live with him for eternity, but it's a constant ongoing progress to becoming more and more like him. But it's not something we can force. Right? It's not like, okay, I'm just going to do this right now. Because it's not about relying on ourselves, right? The happy life is a dependent life. It's not about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. We try to do that, it's going to be exhausting. You're not going to have fun. You're not going to be happy. You're going to be burnt out. And so how do we do this? How do we make this choice to depend on God? The answer is wisdom. Here's what James says. If you need wisdom, ask our generous, generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I think often we think we want... we. When we need to ask God for something, we kind of apologize. God, I'm sorry I don't have enough faith. I'm sorry I don't have enough wisdom. Will you please give this to me? And we think he's going to judge us for not having it. He's like, no, he's not going to judge you. He wants you to ask. He loves to give gifts. And this is what wisdom is. Wisdom is not just knowing a lot. 
right? That's not what it is. Wisdom is knowing what to do with what you know. Knowing what to do with what you know. Wisdom is in the doing, not in the knowing. We'll talk more about that next episode. See, wisdom is insight into the will of God and how we apply that to our lives. It's practical direction for the life of a Jesus follower. See, wisdom might not tell us why things are happening, but it will give us direction and purpose in the middle of things that are happening. See, wisdom allows God to guide us in the middle of troubles. It's wisdom that allows God to guide us in the middle of troubles. It's the opposite of following your heart, right? You've said, you've heard, just follow your heart. No, it's the opposite of that because it's not following yourself. It's being dependent on God, admitting we need him, that we are dependent on him, and then choosing to depend on him. That's what trust is. That's what faith is. And so James says we only have to ask because God will give it to us. He loves to give to us. He's ready to give it to us. And James later goes on, you can read more for yourself, goes on to say, ask confidently, trust that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. And this wisdom from God allows us to see any circumstance as an opportunity for joy that comes from growing our endurance. See, following your heart really is just this knee-jerk reaction that's a response to fear or anger or stress or selfishness. And it usually, in fact, it almost always, following your heart results in regret because your heart doesn't always know what's best for you in the long run. See, God's wisdom shows us he is always at work and we can trust him to guide us. Trust him to make us complete, make us whole, make us able to enjoy life no matter what's going on around us. And it grows our dependence. The more we do it, the more our dependence grows. The more we depend, the more we're becoming complete and whole. It's a cycle. And then James goes on, and you can, you can read the rest for yourself. In fact, I challenge you to read the rest for yourself. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But he goes on to say that this wisdom that God gives that comes from this dependence on God really can apply to every aspect of our life. Are you rich? Then you need wisdom. Are you poor? Then you need to choose wisdom. See, whether you're rich or poor, it's wisdom that it, wisdom is choosing to define ourselves by our spiritual status, not our economic status, not our social status, not any other type of status, like our relationship status. See, wisdom is choosing to define ourselves by our spiritual status, who we are to God. And that status is, is solid. Why? Because it depends on God who's never changing. Those other statuses, economic, relationship, social, that changes so fast, so quickly. You can't depend on that. So which one do you think would truly make you happy? Having your status on God, right? James goes on to say that, you know, wisdom is choosing to focus on our ultimate future, not our immediate circumstances. It says, look, no matter how hard things are now, if you're a Jesus follower, your ultimate future is with God and it's secure and he's never going to let you go. Our ultimate future depends on God, not on us. So which would make, truly think about, which would make you more happy? Having a secure future with God or constantly being worried about your immediate future and immediately what's going on right now? Wisdom also is choosing, James says, wisdom is choosing to see temptations for what they are. So you will see these things that we, we think we want and we're like, maybe, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. This kind of seems like a bad idea. But wisdom shows us that you know what temptations are? Opportunities to ruin our life. It's wisdom that kind of shows us the long-term effects of things that will steal our happiness. It helps us 
depend on God to get us through it, which will obviously ultimately make you happier. So James kind of finishes this section by saying, so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens, which is a very poetic way of just saying, God created everything. He's the God of the universe. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us, Jesus followers, give birth to us by following his true word. Word there meaning the message that Jesus died for our sins and rose again to give us new life. And we, out of all creation, out of everything God created, became his prized possession. If you follow Jesus, God sees you as his prized possession. See, wisdom is choosing to depend on God for who he really is. He's the creator of the universe. He's the one who created all the lights in the heavens. He's the giver of every good gift. He's the one who chose to give us new life. And think about it. Those of you who trust Jesus for your eternity, trust Jesus to, to make you new, to be making you more like him. If we can trust God with our eternity, with our ultimate future forever, we can trust him with our now. If we can trust God with our eternity, we can trust him with our now because we're his prized possessions. Meaning like we are the billboard God made to show the world how deep his love is. We are God's billboard of love, if you will. We can say, look at the bad that's happened to me. Look at the good things that have happened to me. All of it is an example of how much God loves me and how much God loves you. What if you could use every aspect in your life to do that? Would that make you happier? So why can we trust God with our eternity? Maybe you're, you're watching like, yeah, I like this Jesus idea, but trust him like with my eternity forever and ever and just put all my trust in God. Why can we trust him? The same reason James trusted him. The same reason James didn't believe Jesus and then did believe that Jesus was God. Because of the resurrection, because of the historical fact, the historical proof that Jesus was alive, said he would die and raise himself back to life. And then he did it. And he offers us new life because of that, that we can, we can put to death that old selfish nature and become more like him, more loving, uh, remade in his love. Something that's available to everyone. Don't you think there'd be ha- that your past is wiped out and you no longer have to feel guilty for anything because you've been loved by God and you've been made new and that's been paid for? Wouldn't that make you happier? So what do we do? How do we apply all of this that we were talking about, that James is talking about? Well, first, we have to accept our dependence. Maybe that means accepting for the first time that you're dependent on Jesus to forgive you of of your past, to cleanse you of all the hurt you've caused others. And that's simple. You just ask him, God, forgive me. I want to follow you. I want to be made new by you. I want to be a Jesus follower. Forgive me for my past. Thank you for the opportunity to be forgiven by Jesus' death. Accept your dependence. Maybe you are a Jesus follower, but you've been trying to do it on your own. You've been trying maybe to, to find happiness in following all the rules, and you're really happy that you, know, you don't break so many rules, but when you do, you feel really down on yourself. Whatever it is, whatever, we are dependent on God's. We need to accept our dependence. And in that dependence, ask for God's wisdom. And when we ask for it, James says, he will give it to us. 
So then we choose to apply that wisdom. So accept your dependence, ask for God's wisdom, choose to apply it, and then the best part, enjoy the ride. Because now you have God's wisdom and you can trust him. You are dependent on him. You don't have to worry about all these changing statuses and world events and personal things going on because you know you are in his care. You're dependent on him. And so I have a kind of a, a challenge and opportunity for you this week is read this section of James. Read the verses that we've gone over. They're going to pop up right here. Read that this week. Maybe read it three times. Maybe find a friend to read it with, either virtually or text or whatever. Read it and say, hey, what are you getting out of this? What are you seeing? Because there's a lot there. But read this section this week and think about it. What if, what if you were able to thrive right now instead of just trying to survive? Instead of just trying to make it to November 4th or 2021? What if we could thrive? What if life could be full and abundant and satisfying, not in some distant future, not if certain things happen, but right now in the middle of everything that's happening, actually being satisfied and happy. What if you were able to find that happiness from God? Find the happiness that God actually wants for you, and then we're able to give it to others. We're able to share that with others. Wouldn't that be great? See, when the world is falling apart, choosing God's wisdom creates a solid foundation we can enjoy and depend on. Even when the world's falling apart, choosing God's wisdom creates a solid foundation we can enjoy and depend on. So depend on him, ask for his wisdom, and enjoy it. Okay, thank you, John, for that message. I love that four-part challenge mm -hmm. at the end. Liz, do you wanna read James with me? Definitely. Okay, yeah. let's be study buddies. Sounds good. I'll text you at 6 a.m. to see if you've read it yet. Uh, let's make it eight. Okay, <laughs> plan. All right, uh, so thanks, John. We're looking forward to part two of Faith That Works next week. Uh, but this week, we've got a really great giveaway. We do. Uh, B2 Tap House, B right? squared. Oh, B squared, thank you. I did you. the same thing last we did week. did this last week, I yeah, know. I'm sorry. When will we learn B squared? B squared? We're gonna, we're gonna get this right. <laughs> Someday. So our winner. So yeah, who's our winner? Are you ready? Drum roll. Julie F. Julia, if you're the winner for B Squared, we're super excited. <laughs> we're gonna get that gift card to you. We're gonna help you get that food from B Squared. They make amazing tachos. So enjoy. And I'm sure there's takeout, right? There's takeout, there's curbside. Yep. Curbside service, super awesome. easy. It's all on their website, it's awesome. Yeah, so we have that giveaway going to Julie. And then this week's giveaway is to Top Drawer. Monica, do you wanna share a little bit about Ooh, Top Drawer? Ooh, Top Drawer. You know. Top Drawer is a boutique in downtown Salem. They sell clothes, they sell uh, kitchen things, house home decor, uh, a lot of organ stuff. Organ pint glasses. Uh, they sell some pretty sweet mm. hats from Agape Custom think, Shop. Yeah. Kind of like that one. <laughs> uh, so, but Top Drawer, Top Drawer, check it out, downtown Salem. And oh. then follow, so the giveaway will happen on our other social media posts. So you gotta follow us on social media to be a part of these giveaways, but check it out. Yeah. And you can give them a follow. We hope you enjoyed this message this week and next week we will see you then. Part two, next week.